and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a Halloween classic, Halloween favorite of many, property owned by the big mouse, Mickey Mouse himself. That's right. We're going to be talking about 1993's Hocus Pocus. Now, with Hocus Pocus in particular, this movie is absolutely a cult classic, and I'll get into why it kind of is later in the show, but, you know, I my history with this film is really, I did not grow up watching it or anything. I just didn't. I was definitely of the age where I could have grown up watching it, of course. I just never did, for whatever reason. And so, I don't have these nostalgic memories about it or anything like that. But I do think it is a fun little movie to watch. And it is the it is the epitome of a cult classic. And we'll get into that of uh, during the production history and all that. Because um, it really did kind of come up from the the dead i guess but i will also say i uh i recently watched this back in august of 2022 and i wanted to just read what my letterbox review was about it because i just wanted to do that i gave it a three and a half and i put a heart there so i did like this movie and i said i didn't grow up watching this film so i don't have nostalgic thoughts of it which i think really helps with this film especially when you have those memories connected with it uh i also mentioned thor birch is a goddess even at like nine years old and she is she's awesome in this movie and in subsequent movies that she was in uh vanessa shaw is gorgeous i still stand by that she looked great in hocus pocus and i think she was still looks great this i put a spell on you musical number is great uh because it is it's very wonderful doug jones is a wonderful creature actor i definitely say that he's my favorite and i still kind of stand by that and these three lead actresses bet sjp and peggy hill are chewing the scenery and i'm here for all of it and i did call her peggy hill i absolutely love um kathy Jimmy. i think she's great Uh, I said, overall, I had a great time with this and definitely recommend as a starter kid horror movie. And uh, I still stand by that. I still think it's uh, a nice little movie where it won't scar children who watch it. It's not made for that. Uh, But I also think it's spooky enough where you can enjoy it on Halloween. You can get a kick out of it. The whole family can watch it and enjoy it. And I think that's really what kind of helps it stand that test of time in a way. So like we normally do in the show, we'll go over some facts and figures of the movie, go over some critical response quotes. We'll go into a little bit of the production history and just, you know, how this movie came to be. And then we'll go through a bit of a plot summary as well. All right. So let's move on to those figures. So Hocus Pocus was released July 16th, 1993, and had an estimated budget of $28 million. For box office, we're looking at a gross U.S. and Canada of $44,342,713, and a gross worldwide box office of $45,395,069. We're looking at a Rotten Tomatoes score of a 39% on the tomato meter and a 71% on the audience score. We're looking at an IMDb score of 6.9 out of 10 and a 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. For our cast of characters, we have Bette Midler as Winifred Winnie Sanderson, the smart leader of the sisters. We have Sarah Jessica Parker as Sarah Sanderson, the dim-witted sister who uses her siren-like voice to lure in children. Kathy Jimmy as Mary Sanderson, the middle witch who can smell out children. We have Omri Katz as Max Dennison, a teenager from Los Angeles who recently moved to Salem, Massachusetts. 
We have Thor Birch as Danny Dennison, Max's eight-year-old sister who loves Halloween. We have Vanessa Shaw as Allison Watts, Max's crush and classmate. We have Charles Rocket as Dave Dennison, who's the father of Max and Danny, and Stephanie Farsi as Jenny Dennison, mother of Max and Danny. We also have Sean Murray as Thackeray Banks, a teenage boy from 1693, cursed to live as an immortal black cat, and Jason Marsden, who actually did the voice of Thackeray Banks and then pretty much dubbed all of Sean Murray's voice, pretty much. We have Doug Jones as William Billy Butcherson, an ex-boyfriend poisoned by Winifred in 1693 and resurrected later as a zombie 300 years later. For critical response quotes, we have Ty Burr from Entertainment Weekly who states, It's acceptable, scary, silly kid fodder that adults will only find mildly insulting, unless they're Bette Midler fans, in which case it's depressing as hell. We have Janet Maslin from the New York Times who states, Apparently too much Eye of Newt got into the formula for Hocus Pocus, transforming a potentially wicked Bette Midler vehicle into an unholy mess. And then we have Tim Brayton of Alternate Ending who states, the sheer glut of stuff has the terrible effect of wrecking the pacing, making the not egregiously long movie feel substantially more than in its running time. So before we move into a plot summary of Hocus Pocus, I just wanted to go over some kind of production information, um, how this movie came to be. So according to uh, a TV documentary called Hocus Pocus Begin the Magic, and it's also on the Blu-ray release of this film, uh, producer and writer David Kirshner explains that he came up with the idea of this film one night with his child and children, I think. He told his young daughter, um, he and his young daughter were outside and a black cat from the neighborhood kind of strayed by and he invented this whole tale about how the cat was once a boy who was changed into a feline 300 years ago by these three witches. And he kind of just went with that story and he thought, well, that could be like maybe a fun little script I could make. So then Hocus Pocus started life as a script by Mick Garris, which if you don't know Mick Garris, he's very well known in the horror sphere. Um, and he was involved with making uh, Stephen King adaptations. So he did just in films and all. He was involved with movies like Critters 2, The Main Course, The Fly 2, this movie, Hocus Pocus, um, a couple different ones like Riding the Bullet and Unbroken. And he was also acted in a couple things, too, as well, which is kind of fun. And then on TV, he helped bring stuff like, you know, he did Freddy's Nightmares back in the 80s, which is a TV show based on Nightmare on Elm Street. He was also involved with doing 1994's The Stand, which was a Stephen King adaptation. He helped bring uh, The Shining to TV, and it was a TV miniseries in 1997. And he's just done a lot of different TV work as well. Um within the horror sphere. So I think he's a cool dude anyway, but the working title for this movie was Disney's Halloween house. Cause it was bought by Walt Disney pictures in 1984 and it was supposed to be much scarier and darker and its protagonists were all going to be 12 years old. And so Garris and Kirshner then pitched it also to Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment. Um, but Spielberg saw Disney as a competitor to Amblin in the family film market at the time, and he refused to co-produce a film with his rival. So he wasn't going to be a part of that um, 
even though Kirshner had gotten some success with Spielberg by actually doing an American Tale back in the 80s as well. He was involved with that and he got some success from it. There were actually some various rewrites that were made to the script to make the film more comedic. And it also made two of the protagonists of this film into teenagers, which is Max and Allison. But production was stalled several times They kept trying to bring this thing to life until 1982 when Bette Midler actually expressed interest in this script and the project immediately went forward. This role of Winnie Sanderson was actually supposed to uh, be for Cloris Leachman, but she didn't take it. Um, and Bette Midler has said that up to this point in her career, it's like the most fun she'd ever had, um, with her career. And there were a couple other little casting things too. So you had that, uh, Rosie O'Donnell was actually supposed to be the role of Mary Sanderson, but she did not want to portray a witch. Sarah Jessica Parker was found because she, she had done some movies by this point. She'd been on Broadway with Annie back when she was a kid. Leonardo DiCaprio was actually offered the role of Max, but he actually declined the movie to then go on and do What's Eating Gilbert Great, which then earned him an Oscar nomination in 1994, which is pretty cool. But he was supposed to play Max and uh, this other kid, Omri Katz, he had actually auditioned already and he didn't get the part. He was probably feeling like, oh, shoot, I didn't get the part. Oh, oh well, I guess. And then he ended up actually getting this part because Leo, you know, didn't want it. And then you have um, some principal photography. So that started on October 12th, 1992. This film is set in Salem, Massachusetts, but most of it was shot on a soundstage or sound stages in Burbank, California. However, its daytime scenes were filmed in Salem and Marblehead, Massachusetts during two weeks of filming with principal cast and production was completed on February 10th, 1993. So then they finished this movie and then they had to work on all the after effects, the post-production stuff. Uh, Pioneer Village, a recreation of early colonial Salem, was used for the opening scenes that are set in 1693. So that's a place that is used in Salem, Massachusetts. Other locations also include Old Burial Hill in Marblehead, where Max is accosted by Ice and Jay, the bullies of this piece. The Old Town Hall in Salem, where the town Halloween party takes place, and Phillips Elementary School, where the witches are trapped in a kiln, Uh, so that was all done on site in Salem. And also the exterior for Max and Danny's house is a private residence on Ocean Avenue in Salem. So that was actually shot over there as well, which is cool, but then a lot of the other... um, houses as well like when they're trick-or-treating um i think when they go to allison's house a lot of that stuff is actually done in california i believe in a area of whittier i believe went for about 50 or 60 days of shooting or something like that it was pretty deep and they went pretty big on like the, the construction of like the sanderson sisters house they really wanted this to be a big deal you know they were spending 28 million dollars on it so they really wanted it to be to be good and they wanted it to be um it's kind of grandiose thing you know because it was about to be all about magic So in regards to this film becoming a cult classic, the release of this movie was kind of a a not handled very well at all. Um, It was released in July of 1993, which was weird for a movie that's pretty much about Halloween and like very centered on Halloween. But I just covered this movie in a couple episodes before, but The Nightmare Before Christmas was coming out in the same year. Disney decided to have that be their October release and not have Hocus Pocus be 
any sort of October release for that as well. So they released it in July, kind of capitalizing on this idea that like, oh, kids are out on summer break. They'll go see it, you know, kind of in time for the fall or whatever, right? There wasn't even a premiere for this movie, I don't think. None of the people who were on the cast, like, remember going to a premiere for it which is kind of weird because this is like a almost $30 million movie that you're making and there's no premiere for it that people could speak of. Yeah, it's very interesting how that kind of worked. And this movie, I think, only lasted seven weeks in theaters up to pretty much when The Nightmare Before Christmas came out. It kind of just faded into obscurity, really. I think a lot of the the cast was kind of disheartened a little bit. You know, they, they all seemed to have fun on set and thought it was really cool. But the fact that it kind of just faded into obscurity was, of course, a little disheartening when you're a part of a project like that. And it wasn't until the early 2000s, for whatever reason, because Hocus Pocus finally came out on DVD where people could actually buy it, that there seemed to be this new resurgence of interest in Hocus Pocus because people could watch it, you know, and buy it on DVD or video or whatever. The sales start showing that, like, oh, people are really buying this. And then I also think once ABC or Disney and ABC, you know, they decided to show this movie on ABC Family, which is now called Freeform, you know, showing this movie around that time uh, on ABC Family or something, or even on the Disney Channel, you know, uh, especially when they're trying to, at that time, with their programming, they're trying to kind of diversify what they're doing a little bit they're showing like sister sister for example uh which was a which was a show that you know initially did very well when it came out but then ended up doing so well um on the disney channel especially and on abc family that the maori twins were actually brought back to do a movie twitches and twitches too which i thought was really interesting even though they had literally not worked on something for a while after sister sister they had kept themselves a little bit busy but that renewed popularity from people like myself watching something like sister sister was able to give them something to do which was really cool and i think same kind of thing happened with hocus pocus like this started showing and people really ate it up and they loved it and i think also too uh Having someone like Jason Marsden, who was the voice of Thackeray Binks, um, he was already involved with, you know, uh, voiceover. He had done, you know, Goofy Movie. He had done X-Men. Um, he was a, a known voiceover actor, and he was very involved in fan conventions. Just seeing the amount of people who would come to fan conventions that are all over the country and talking about how they love Hocus Pocus, I think was able to give the cast, especially um, this kind of newfound confidence uh, that people really did like their work and they enjoyed it and they wanted to, people wanted to see them uh, specifically for something like this, which is exactly why you have, um, I'm sure people, I know just for my my own thought, uh, you have people like Vanessa Shaw and Thora Birch who have gone to fan conventions. I'm sure that maybe Omri Katz has gone to one or two, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, I expect that, you know, Bet, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy and Jimmy maybe aren't going necessarily, but I do think it's interesting that, like, yeah, no, these other actors as well can 
can do that and they can sh- be seen that like it can be shown that people really do love this movie and they got something out of it whether it was that they it brought their family together and they were able to watch it or they watched it with maybe a grandparent and that grandparents no longer with us you know that kind of a thing but they I think people really have memories of this movie because it is so family friendly and it is very much something you can just put on and kind of shut your brain off a little bit and just enjoy. I think that's absolutely why this movie is a cult classic for people. And even if it's something where I don't have the nostalgia for it or anything, I still really can appreciate what it is. And I would absolutely want children to be able to watch this and get a kick out of it. Um, Cause I think that's exactly what it was supposed to do. And also just having people like, you know, a Mick Garris who's involved in this movie and having people who, you know, uh, who love the horror genre as well, uh, be able to kind of work it out to make this for a kid audience. I thought was really interesting too. But with all that being said, we're now going to move on to our plot summary. So we open our movie on a book that says 1693, and then it also has our literal like title as well of Hocus Pocus, and we are then put into the book. We are flying around with one of the Sanderson sisters, or at least a witch, I guess, and this witch is like flying above like woods and like this like kind of swampy land kind of, and then also like over this colonial village because again, this is supposed to be 1693, and so we have all of our title sequence going on with like the actors names and everything like that and then we are brought into the colonial bedroom of Thackeray Banks who is played by Sean Murray and also voiced by Jason Marsden so we have we come in on Thackeray and he is looking for his sister he wakes up he sees his sister's not in the home and he's wondering where she's at he then goes and finds one of his friends and is like have you seen my sister no but I've seen this you know I think it's like the witch trying to take her or something and so now Thackeray's having to like run after the witch and his sister to try to save her apparently these witches take children and they suck the life out of them so we see that Thackeray's like running over to the woods and he's like running into the woods to try to like get his sister back he then falls down a hill and he just like eats shit at the bottom of the hill uh but then he is uh given he then sees the Sanderson sisters house which is like really big and like has like a working water wheel and everything we he sees his sister going into the home with one of the sisters one of the witches and he is now having to go up to the house he looks into one of the windows of the home and sees these three witches who are kind of like circling his sister and is about to do like a uh a spell on her pretty much so then we see uh our introduction to our witches uh we have winifred sanderson mary sanderson and sarah sanderson who are played by bet midler kathy najimy and sarah jessica parker respectively and so they are like these old haggard witches and they are going into their book their boo and they are looking to see what kind of potion they can do um, so that they can uh, incapacitate this little girl and pretty much take her energy. They then are getting all the ingredients together to do this potion, and they are now getting this potion together so they can pretty much make this little girl pass out so they can, like, kill her pretty much. And so then we see that once the potion is given to the young girl, we see that Thackeray has actually now uh, decided to make himself 
himself known and is deciding to see what he can do to try to save his sister. So he's fighting with the women, he's fighting with these witches, and he like dumps out this potion that they made. Again, he's trying to save his sister, but he is then incapacitated by Winnie and is with like some lightning bolts that come out of her hands, incapacitated. I don't think he's killed quite necessarily, but he is just stunned. We then see the little girl, Emily, her life force is just like kind of a weird aura around her and the potions seem to have worked. Uh, So now what the witches are doing is they are um, sucking the life force out of this girl so that they can become younger and they can look a little better than they were because they looked like haggard old witches before and so thackeray again has not been killed but he is now like you know trying to keep himself like up and he's like you know crawling over to a stool so he can get himself up and then we see that our witches are now like younger and they look a little bit better than they were before but it's a start though i mean it it is a start um so the sisters do a little but then literally like there like but it's funny because you see the girl is supposed to be dead but you see the girl kind of move in the in there but apparently she's supposed to be kind of dead i guess which i thought was kind of funny because like this little girl never really i don't think went on to be much of an actress i think she actually went on to be a youtuber funny enough um she was like a beauty youtuber but anyway so the witches are like all right well here's thackeray like you know what are we gonna do and uh let's hang him on a hook and play with him and they're wondering what they can do with thackeray because he deserves a punishment for trying to save his sister and so then pretty much what happens is they decide to turn him into a cat for ever and ever and they do a little spell and they are now turning him into a cat for the rest of his life pretty much and so that's what he's ending up being so now he can't really talk to anybody like even his uh we'll get to that in a moment but like his dad is pretty much not able to see who his son is as a cat his daughter was obviously like killed because then we see that a a angry mob has come to the sanderson sisters house and they have uh now they're now like saying oh no there's no witches here like whatever it's fine uh we're just three kindly old spinster ladies which i thought was kind of funny and then of course sarah just says sucking the life out of little children dumbass and so they decide to now be like hey you know where's my son so thackeray's dad is asking like where's my son you know where's my daughter you already killed my daughter i guess uh but where's my son they don't know where they are at even though they do know um he she even says cat's got my tongue and so literally in a disney movie because this is 1693 they decide to just literally put the sisters into uh nooses and then they decide um to then sing and then they're just like yeah no we're gonna like not do this and they pretty much just hang the women uh and And so we don't actually see that happening, but it's implied, which is crazy for like a Disney movie to do, which I thought was kind of crazy. And then that's pretty much how the uh, 1693 part ends. Uh, So we have Thackeray as a cat for the rest of his life, and he um, apparently will just like live forever and ever for a while, or unless he's killed, but he will just 
stay a cat forever. So we're then brought into present day where we have a teacher who is recounting the story of what happened to the Sanderson sisters and to the, you know, Thackeray Banks, where she then says pretty much that like, it's legend that an old black cat still guards the Sanderson sisters house uh, to this very day. And then she scares one of the students with like one of those like snake things um, that you like snap at them. We then get introduced to our main character, Max Dennison, played by Omri Katz, who I think has since retired from acting. He is from California, he's from Los Angeles, and he's moved to Salem with his family, and he just thinks this is just a bunch of, like, bullshit, pretty much. Uh, You know, he says, give me a break, and then the teacher's like, well, would you like to give your, you know, California laid-back tie-dye point of view? And then he's pretty much saying, like, you know, well, I know you, y'all here in Salem have this, 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 but, you know, Halloween was just invented by the candy companies, And then we then get introduced to our girl, Allison, who is kind of the love interest for Max, played by Vanessa Shaw, who's been in other movies as well. I know her from the Hills Have Eyes remake, uh, which she did really good at. But she uh, is saying that, oh, actually, you know, um, Halloween is based off of the tradition of All Hallows' Eve. And so, of course, everyone's like, yeah, you get him, Allison. So then Max decides to get some, you know, some nads. And he then just gives his phone number to Allison, because I guess he's kind of interested in her a little bit. And then we see that the class is now dismissed and everyone is going home, back to whatever they were doing. So we see that Max is getting on his bike, but he then sees Allison and, you know, goes up to her and decides to talk to her a little bit. And honestly, she kind of rebuffs him a little bit, which I thought was kind of funny. They're talking about how much it must be a change for you to come from LA to like a place like Salem. But I don't believe in things like the Sanderson sisters. And then you see that uh, Allison has her little Red Riding Hood type of jacket on, which I thought was really cute. Pretty much what happens in this scene is that like, she gives his number back to him because she's like, yeah, no, boo, you're not going to get anything. So, you know, he's kind of like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I'm going to now go and bike back to my house. So he's biking back through his house. So all of this was pretty much done in Salem, actually. A lot of it, I believe, was actually shot around there because they did have a few days. They had some time, maybe like a couple weeks, actually, to uh, to shoot all of this in. And so you see that Max is like, he's riding his bike through a uh, graveyard and he then comes upon these two bullies who are uh, deciding to give him a bit of a hard time. And these bullies are played by Ernie slash Ice. He's played by Larry Bagby. And then we have our other bully played by uh, Tobias Jelinek. Uh, His name's Jay. Uh, Larry Bagby is the one who has uh, ice on his back, um, on the back of his head, which I thought was really funny. And he's actually been in other stuff as well. He's been more of an actor. I think um, the other gentleman wasn't really, you know, uh, doing a whole lot of acting work. But pretty much what happens is that they give him a hard time and then they jack him for his shoes. uh, So they just steal, steal them from him. And then he's like, you know, so he got rejected by the girl he likes. He's now got his shoes stolen from him. Um, And so he now has to go back to his house. 
So he then goes back to his nice little house he has with his family. And because it actually is a really, really nice house. Um, he then goes back to his house where we get introduced to his family. Uh, we get introduced to his dad, uh, Dave Dennison, played by Charles Rocket, who has unfortunately since passed away. But, you know, he plays the dad. And then we get introduced to Jenny Dennison, who is his mom, played by Stephanie Farisee, who she's been in other movies like um, Heaven Can't Wait and like Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates and stuff like that. She was also recently the mom on uh, Neil Patrick Harris's Uncoupled, which I thought was kind of fun. But we see that Max goes up to his room. He's kind of just pissed off at everything because he's like, shit, I didn't get the girl. And these guys took my shoes. I'm just going to feed my fish. And then we see somebody who who's in his closet, I guess, and is just, like, looking at him, and you're like, what the hell? So he gets in his bed, he's just like, you know, uh, screw this, so he decides he's gonna take, like, a little, we think he's gonna take a little nap, but what he really does is he takes a, uh, a pillow, and he decides to, like, dry hump it almost, which is just really crazy, um, this is really weird, or he's cuddling it, maybe he's not dry humping it, but still, it look, kind of looks like that. Anyway, so then we see, uh, his sister. Danny, Danielle, I guess, but Danny pop out of the closet. She is played by the one and only Thora Birch when she was like literally 10 years old. And she's like, boo, I scared you. Ha 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 ha. Which is so great. And Danny's like one of the best characters. And she says like, you have to take me trick or treating. You know, mom and dad are going to the party at the town hall. So, you know, he's just like, no, go by yourself. And then he just goes up to a drum set and just starts drumming for no reason. And Danny's like, well, I can't go out my first time like i'll get lost like the, there's a full moon out the weirdos are out which you know i totally understand that danny the weirdos are always out and danny has a cute little fit of being a witch uh which i really appreciate and love um and pretty much danny's like you know well it doesn't matter you're taking me and then she pretty much blackmails his her brother pretty much because he's like she's like i know things um and then just yells at his mom to like go and take her which is just really funny and then we see that his like halloween costume costume he's doing is pretty much like the unabomber which i don't even know if the unabomber was a thing by this point <laughs> but again we see uh that these children are now going out trick-or-treating uh but when they're going out trick-or-treating they then get accosted by these same bullies and you know danny then just goes up to these bullies and are all like well whatever i'm not afraid of you then she like puts max on the spot a little bit as well but she holds her own she calls them morons and like says to drop dead and all that funny because like you know she puts max on the spot even though these bullies had literally just stolen his shoes earlier then you know max is just kind of pissed off at everything and he's just like you know what like i shouldn't have ever done this with you and then we see our little scene of like thor Birch doing some real choice acting, which I really love, uh, where she just goes to like a haystack and just like collapses onto it and is just crying, which I thought was a really great um, acting choice, honestly. So then we see uh, our characters, Max and Danny. They are outside of a big house uh, that is apparently having like a little party going on in it. So they go into the home and they see that they're in the middle of the house. There's like this cauldron full of like candy and they decide to go up to it and get some candy. And then on, what a coincidence. Uh, it just so happens that this is 
Allison's house and her parents are having a party with some of their friends. She's dressed up in like this kind of 17th century type of like dress thing she has going on. And so she comes down. She's like, Max Dennison, I never thought. I thought you weren't into Halloween. And so he's like, oh, I'm not. I'm just like taking my sister out. And so she is just like coming down there. Um, and she says that she's on candy duty. She says that she likes Danny's costume. And then Danny gives like one of the greatest lines where she's like I like your costume too although I could never wear something like that because I don't have any what do you call them Max? Yabos? And he's, she says that like Max likes your yabos in fact he loves them <laughs> which I love it's great and so then you see them talking to each other a little bit you then find out that um, Danny had found out or had been taught about the Sanderson sisters at her school you find that Allison's mother apparently ran the museum about the Sanderson sisters and so Max then gets the bright idea to then say hey well you know why don't we go to that Sanderson museum because apparently it closed down because there was a lot of spooky things that happened So Allison's like, all right, bet. Like, let me go get changed and I'm going to go and we're going to take you to this house then. So, you know, you got the squad, you got Max, Allison, and Danny all walking up to the Sanderson sister's house, which again used to be this like museum that her mom like ran. They go up and it's literally just the Sanderson sister's house is this museum. And so they go up into it and they see that there's no power in it. And then it's just like all gross and like disgusting. So I don't know how long it's been closed for, but you know. They decide, all right, let's go in. So then, you know, you got Max looking. He finds a lighter. He's able to, like, kind of light and just, like, illuminate a little bit. But then Allison finally finds the light switch, and she turns on the lights for the museum. And so they're just kind of walking around there saying, like, you know, here's where they did their spells. Here's where they did. Here's where they slept. Like, all that stuff. And then you see somebody uh, looking into the museum while our protagonists are in it. And uh, we see that it's a black cat who is to be assumed to be Thackeray Binks. So then you see, okay, like, you know, here's the book that they use. It's their spell book. It's made by human skin. It was given to Winifred Sanderson by the devil himself. And then you have this black flame candle that says, you know, oh, well, that's apparently like if a virgin lights it, uh, then they'll come back. They'll wreak havoc or whatever. And so <laughs> Allison and Danny are just like not into this. And they're just like, yeah, we better go. Like Danny's just like, you know, okay, we had your fun. Like, you know, let's go. And so then, you know, this is where we get the line from Max that says, whatever, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. And so he just lights the candle and he then, well, actually first before that he gets, he gets attacked by the black cat and the black cat kind of goes off. But then uh, he lights this candle and because I guess he's a virgin, shit starts to go crazy. And so like the light bulbs like all burst and like the whole like museum is just like earthquaking around, I guess. I don't know. And uh, then what ends up happening is the girls, the Sanderson sisters themselves, just like I guess magically come back from the grave and they all just like come back and they come into their old home and they're like, oh, sweet revenge. You know, my curse worked perfectly. So to assume that the curse was that if somebody lit the black flame candle, they would be brought back into the mortal world and they'd be able to wreak havoc on the town of Salem, which killed them so many years ago. 
So as we know, we, the Sanderson sisters are now back in town, and they are um, coming back into their home. Uh, the kids then hide away, and then they end up finding, after looking for a little bit, because Mary, who has this keen sense of smell for children, we end up finding Thor Birch. We end up finding Danny, you know, behind a counter or something, and she's dressed up like a witch. She's trying to, like, kind of go along with them a little bit, be like, oh, it was me who summoned you, sisters. And so she's, like, kind of playing this whole thing out Winifred asks like what year is it oh it's 1993 so they've been gone for 300 years come back so they see this is a little girl this is a little child and they decide like well we're gonna eat you bitch sorry and so then uh she's trying to run away and trying not to get eaten but then you see that max comes out and is like let go of my little sister and then when he's like well you know i'm just gonna like use my lightning bolts out of my hands to like uh you know incapacitate you and then also like put you up on the wall and just like torture you kind of but then you see that they're fighting back a little bit so like you know you see allison takes a witch's broom and like hits mary with it and then you know danny comes and like takes her bag of candy is like hitting you know sarah and winnie with it to you know try to save her brother and then uh they decide okay we all have to run away we have to leave now and so before they leave though um also thackeray banks is the cat is also there trying to help as well um to try to like try to incapacitate the sisters in a way where the kids can then escape and then finally you have at the end of this part of the scene you have max who like gets up and is like well i'm gonna bring down the, the burning flame of death i think it was and pretty much it was just like um him making the water sprinklers come down apparently the sanderson sisters just think that this is like horrible and um they have to now hide under so they don't die uh because the old adage that like water can defeat a witch max before he leaves just like falls down on his back you know thackeray comes up as a cat and is like nice going like you know go get the book and then you gotta go and then he slaps him with his paw so then max breaks the case where the book is at he then takes the book with him and then the uh sisters are just underneath somewhere where they're like oh no it's the burning flame burning rain of death or whatever and then winifred's just like no it's just water you idiots like what the hell are you doing so in this scene you definitely see a lot of that slapstick comedy going on which i think uh is part of the appeal for this type of movie because you just don't see as much like female slapstick going on i guess um so it's always kind of fun to see that and i think that's definitely why people like it so the kids have now escaped with the book and now the girls are deciding to chase after them and now they are brought into the world of 1993 and so hijinks will then ensue so our three heroes have now like ran off with the book, um, the magic book, and the Sanderson sisters are now following after them. Uh, they don't seem to know what a paved road is because they're from 1693, so of course they wouldn't. And so um, they end up seeing that it's just like a road. It's fine. It's perfectly okay. So then, you know, you see the uh, our three heroes, they go to, they are led to a graveyard by Thackeray Banks as the cat. Um, because apparently there's a, uh, they can't touch them in a hallowed ground, so that's why they go to the graveyard. Cat now just, like, leads our heroes to the, to the grave of Billy Butcherson, William Billy Butcherson, uh, who was Winifred's boyfriend back in the day, but then pretty much had been, like, cheating on her with Sarah, 
And then, uh, you know, she, like, killed him. She poisoned him and then sewed his mouth shut so she he couldn't tell her secrets even in death. So you get an intro to that. So we'll meet him in just a little bit. But then, anyway, so you get the intro to Billy and his grave. And then um, you then see that the... You then get exposition about the what's going to go on with the witches because um, the police or not the police, the fire department has come after the sprinklers came on and they go into the house and the women, the witches are just like hiding behind this like sign and like um, Sarah's eating like a spider. Uh, which is kind of funny. And anyway, so we find out that, like, all right, so, like, the potion we did, you know, before they hanged us is going to keep us young forever. We have to, if we're going to do anything with these children, if we're going to, like, you know, suck the souls out of them, then we need to, like, do this before, you know, sunrise only on Halloween because, you know, otherwise we're going to be dust and toast. So, but we need to get that spell book back because that's how we're going to be able to do our potions to do any of this stuff. They then decide to go and fly over to this graveyard. And then again, we get this whole story of like, you know, how Binks has been like alive for all these years. He's been alive for like centuries and he feels bad that his, you know, little sister was taken by these, these was taken and killed by these sisters. He just kind of used his eternal life to like, hopefully be able to do something for um, somebody else uh, to like, he wasn't able to save his sister. So he thought, you know, I might as well protect this area and see if I can do something to help. He would always guard that house to think that some airheaded virgin will just go in and like light this black flame candle, which of course was Max. Um, anyway, so then you have, um, you get introduced to the flying Sanderson sisters where they're flying on a broom, uh, and also a vacuum cleaner. I think they can also fly on too. But anyway, they are now deciding to attack our heroes, our protagonists, but they're putting up a good fight and they're like, all right, you know, like we're going to try and fight you and all this. So we have this whole fight scene with, um, the sisters on their brooms and then the kids on, you know, in the graveyard. But then, uh, Winifred decides to summon Billy Butcherson because they can't go in the graveyard, but he's already in the graveyard, so he can be used as kind of a pawn for them. And so this is where we get introduced to Billy Butcherson, played by creature actor Doug Jones, you know, helped win an Oscar for The Shape of Water, which is cool. But anyway, uh, but this is one of his kind of first uh, on his one of his first film roles he did this in. He had done some stuff beforehand, but this was definitely a movie that people really noticed him for. Anyway, so we get introduced to Billy, which he has like his mouth stone shut and he's just like this zombie the heroes are just like running through the graveyard and then thackeray just brings them over to a crypt which they're able to use to like be able to kind of um they're able to like escape through and then the sisters will not find them but then again the sisters are all like well you know i guess we're gonna have to do something uh we're gonna have to try to figure out how we can best get these ingredients and get our book back um so that we can try to take over these children and get their life force and everything. 
So the sisters like run out into society and they end up getting uh, picked up by a bus driven by a bus driver who seems to be very interested in these ladies um, who are dressed up as these witches. He puts them on their bus. You then see uh, Billy the zombie is like running through the sewer because he was running after the kids. And so the kids and Banks are kind of just running through the sewer as well because the kids all like came up above ground and then Banks gets hit by a bus. He then comes back to life though because he can't die then the uh the sisters then get off of the bus at some point and they uh look around and see kind of what's going on with everything so they see like all these kids running around but they don't know that they're children really you have that whole kind of um them acclimating to the present day of 1993 i guess and then you have the introduction to the devil's house where you have a guy who's dressed up in a devil's outfit and he is played by gary marshall and then uh they go inside of his house and you then um get to see his wife who's played by penny marshall and if you don't already know gary marshall and penny marshall were both film directors but also um brother and sister so it's kind of weird that they're playing um husband and wife i guess in this movie but you know whatever gary marshall of course did like pretty woman but then uh penny marshall famously uh did a league of their own and a couple other movies riding cars with the boys was another one that she did as well i had recently just watched that actually so then you have the kids who are trying to get help from the police and they're like oh here's what happened and like you know you need to help us and the the cop doesn't do anything to help them but then when they kind of run away then the kids just kind of run away because they're like all right you're not gonna help me uh we then find out that it wasn't even a real um cop it was just a guy in a cop outfit which was kind of funny we then see billy coming up from a manhole and then i believe it's the same cop who like uh the same guy in a cop outfit like rides his motorcycle over the manhole and then billy loses his fingers which i thought was kind of funny you get the intro to the devil's wife or whatever and you know how she's just kind of having the uh sisters get out of her house because they're just like in there like uh sarah is dancing with like the uh the devil and then mary's just like watching tv eating uh cheese curls which i think is funny and then winnie is just in the kitchen just like looking around and seeing what everything is you then see some children who actually steal the sisters brooms that they've left outside so they have no way of like flying around now and then we get to max danny and allison then going to the town halloween party that their parents well max and danny's parents have gone to and then we see that they come across their parents so we see uh, Mr. Dennison as Dracula, and then we see Mrs. Dennison as Madonna, which I thought was great. And they're trying to tell him, like, hey, here's what happened. Like, the Sanderson sisters are alive. Like, they're back, and we need to do something. The sisters come into the party, and they're looking around to see if they can find these kids, because they're trying to, like, go after them. And then we see that there's, like, a band playing on everything as well. Max is trying to tell everybody, like, what exactly is going on. Uh, but nobody, of course, believes him, because it's, like, hot halloween and nobody's gonna believe anybody about this and then the sanderson sisters actually show up or he sees them he points them out and then you know you have winifred take over and say you know thank you for that introduction and then they start singing i put a spell on you which is really just putting a spell on all of the townspeople so that they just keep like i guess dancing for the rest of the night and so none of them actually go home until that time of course that's like an iconic dance number kind of a thing in this so the kids run away uh you have max allison and danny they're running away and they hide in the alley like 
behind where the town hall or whatever their party is at. The sisters almost find them, but they don't end up finding them. You also see, like, uh, a scene with, like, a lobster uh, guy, like, taking a lobster and, like, having to, like, go into the tank and take it. Then Allison gets a nice, bright idea. He's like, she's like, oh, you know, she sees, like, an old oven or something, and she's like, wait a minute, I got an idea, y'all. So then we end up seeing the sisters end up at the high school, and uh, Max has gotten into the high school and he's on the loudspeaker and he's like uh pretty much what happens in this scene the sisters are kind of going around the high school a little bit and they're trying to find the kids to you know kill them pretty much they end up following this i think it's so funny they end up following this uh voice that is like doing like english to french translation so like where is the library and like I would like a book and all of this and they end up following this down to um this room they think oh like we found you and it was really just this like English to French translation like book on tape type of thing and then the kids actually uh trap them into this kiln that it is and then burn them and so now they think okay cool like we were able to burn the Sanderson sisters they're now gone and dead forever we've burned the witches great awesome for us so then as i said the kids think that they have defeated the sisters they're walking back through the town as they're going back to max's house and binks then tells max to take care of danny because you don't know how precious she is until you've lost her which of course that goes back to um thackeray having lost emily you know 300 years ago so it's very important for him to tell the kids then go back to max's house and they all just seem to fall asleep also a little fun fact about um um, whether they're in a park or something, when Thackeray is talking to to Max, there's this like fountain in the back, and I believe it's actually the fountain from the intro of Friends, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's really funny that like they have that. And it was probably a really a coincidence because then Friends came out like the next year after this movie did. So more than likely they were probably casting and maybe creating or like filming friends like maybe a couple months after this movie came out which i thought was really funny the kids all fall asleep then the witches are just back so they didn't actually die in the fire i guess we come across ice and jay the bullies from earlier they were causing some mischief and all that and then they are accosted by the sisters the bullies end up calling the sisters ugly and then they just take the bullies back to their house because they're going back to their house, of course. And they just lock their bitch asses up in, like, these little, like, cages. Which, honestly, is a serve. Like, I'm kind of into that. Um, because they were kind of horrible. They stole Max's shoes from the beginning. Although Max is kind of an asshole throughout the whole movie. And he's not even the best character, honestly. But, whatever. <laughs> then back at the Denison residence, you see that Max and Allison have, like, finally woken up. Allison's like, oh my god, it's, like, five in the morning. I, my parents are gonna kill me. I gotta leave. Allison decides to take her dumb ass, and she opens the book, uh, which she was told not to do, from Binks, and then the book pretty much sends an energy force up, uh, so it's, like, this crazy thing that's just like apparently nobody else sees but it's just like this energy force as they open the book so then you know the sisters are back at home and they're like oh god like we're all gonna die like oh no like this is horrible da, da, da. i believe it's winnie and mary 
they marry Winnie's just like I would like to go to the window for one last time and then like Mary brings her over there to like look out and you know on her life Winnie then sees the energy force from the book and so they know where the book is to go and take it so then they get on their brooms and also Mary has a vacuum that she gets on to go flying at the book so then we are back at the Denison house and you know these teenagers are just reading the book but then Binks jumps on the book and he scolds the kids he was like like your dumb asses didn't i tell you like not to read this book like do not open it bad things will happen and then pretty much what happens after that so like you have i believe it's that allison's like okay i gotta go home they then find out before that they find out that um they find out that salt will protect against any you know uh, attacks from these witches or whatever so they get some salt uh from max's kitchen and they're like okay well we're gonna walk back to the you know we're gonna walk back to your house i guess and like you can go home max like checks in with his parents but his parents aren't at home or anything so he's like, that's kind of weird he then hears like some ruckus or whatever in back in you know his room where danny is at with binks and then we find out that the witches have just broken the fuck in uh there's like this shot of like winifred with her nail like breaking in through the screen of the do- uh, window which is really good and so yeah they break the fuck in and they pretty much take danny so yeah max and allison are leaving to go back to allison's house to like, drop her off but then they find that danny's missing and the witches have uh, confront uh, Max and Allison pretty much where they have this little standoff of like, okay, they're about to take Danny. They're going to take her back to their house um, and kidnap her and all that stuff. So then uh, you have that. And then the witches just take Danny on their brooms and just like blow the top of Max's house up, which is crazy. And I'm just like, oh my God, like what the fuck? Like there's like a hole in your roof now. It's crazy. So then as the witches are then flying back to their home, we then get the iconic number. I I have it in my notes, the Sarah's drag number, because it really is, where it's the Come Little Children song, where it's pretty much luring and enticing all of the children to then just walk over to the Sanderson sisters' house. So the Max and Allison, they try to, like, yell at the kids who are under this trance to, like, not go to the witches, but it's without any, you know they're all just under the trance anyway but then allison has this idea of like okay well they talked about something with the black flame candle so like they're only gonna be back this night like so we just need to fend off till dawn when the sun comes up and then they'll be vanquished pretty much so they're like all right you know i have an idea let's let's go so the sisters come back home they've tied danny up and they put thackeray binks the cat in a bag uh, the witches are making a potion. I think Winnie's mostly making the potion. And she makes this potion to then try to feed to Danny. But then Danny, but then no, actually Max comes through and like busts the fuck into the d- the house. He and Allison have driven up there to like go and try to save, you know, Danny and all that. So then they do a little thing where like Max is, you know, standing off with the witches. And then Allison is doing something where, you know, she turns on the headlights to make it seem like it is dark. Dawn, so that the witches just think that they're gonna die because it's dawn and they can't be you know around when the sun is up so then the sisters think it's dawn and be like oh no no they're all dying together as they do 
So then Max has saved Danny and Binks in a way, which is nice. So they take them out and they're just like, all right. But then, of course, they don't like leave. They just leave the bullies there to like, I don't know. Who even knows? Um, He takes back his shoes, which I thought was kind of funny. And then the kids are all still coming to the house, kind of like under this trance. None of the other kids are actually taken by the Sanderson sisters, but they still are walking up. The kids are now all driving away. So you got Max, Allison and Danny all driving away. Then the sisters then come to and they're like, oh, I guess we're not dead now. So like, you know, I guess we can still go after them and be like, all right, you stupid idiot you know sisters like let's let's go we gotta get our asses in gear so then the sisters are flying after the the team the gang and so they're flying after them and then the gang ends up at the graveyard they run into billy they think oh no billy like because they think up to this point they're like oh well you know winifred brought billy back from the dead and he must be with her pretty much but then winnie comes with her broom and she's like hey billy like kill him first like do it then billy like takes a knife that like uh max had with him i guess and he just like takes it to because this whole time his mouth has been sewn shut as we found out earlier and he just takes it to like cut open his own mouth where moths fly out of and then he just like reads winifred to filth which i thought was so funny he calls her like a wench and a trollop and a firefly from hell which i thought was really funny fun little fact about this so doug jones actually to make this scene more believable and realistic he actually put in these moths or whatever he put this actual stuff in his own mouth to then just make this happen so that it would be more realistic so that's a that's a trooper right there that's a consummate professional if anything so again the kids are now in the graveyard for the sisters they're waiting for the sisters um they set up to fight so like you see that you know allison who i think is like kind of the best character in this movie in a way although she did open the book when she wasn't supposed to but she is kind of the best because like she's like the one really taking charge she's like you know putting the salt all over the place you know they have danny in this grave just kind of standing there to be like all right just stay here girl and we're gonna get this together you have you know they're setting up to find them the witches then fly in and they're fighting everybody so freaking like winifred is definitely going after like max and then like the sisters are trying to like go after the other two to see what they can do so you have this whole kind of fight scene on these like brooms and vacuum billy is also trying to help as well but then billy gets his head knocked off by winifred she kicks it off and then uh you know that happens <laughs> and then it's funny because uh danny that is like hey i think you dropped this <laughs> gives his head back to him which is really good winnie then catches danny and he she tries to poison her so she has this like uh potion of whatever she was going to give her at the house before max had left he knocked it over there was only enough for like one child when he was like you know we're gonna go after danny we're gonna go after her she called me ugly how dare she right so then um but yeah danny you know is with winifred has her trapped and is gonna give her this poison thackeray binks comes up and he actually is trying to save danny so he makes winnie drop the potion and max is like you know don't do anything to her otherwise i'm gonna you know otherwise i'm gonna drop you know i'm gonna like break this be like if you break it she dies like you know whatever but then he just decides to drink it because he's like well you have no other choice now i drank this so then you see max and winnie fight so you know that this potion is actually i guess supposed to be 
what uh, the life force is. So it's the same thing they gave to the little girl in the beginning, where it makes her life force come to life, I guess. And so that's how they can then suck the soul out of these children. So then Max and Winnie fight, and that all is happening. Um, You see that, like... (laughs) Max is like this kind of like specter and like his life force is all like there. The rest fend off the other sisters. So for example, Mary's trying to come in and save her sister, but of course she's on the vacuum and like there's a plug to it. So like you got Allison, Danny and Billy, who's all like pulling on the rug. Um, he's they're pulling on the plug so that, you know, they can't actually get to them. And then Max and Winnie, they fall into the graveyard after some rust, you know, some tussle. And then Winnie gets turned into stone because the sun is coming up now and so now she got turned into stone because again they're on hollowed ground so they can't really be in the graveyard anymore and the sisters just like all blow up so one by one you have sarah who blows up and then you have mary who blows up and then finally winnie as the stone she then blows up and they've been vanquished pretty much you also see during this time that banks as a cat has uh died even though he apparently was supposed to be able to live forever but uh and then of course you have this little scene you have the scene with billy where you know billy goes back into his grave you know to sleep for another however many years they're looking for binks and danny finds binks and finds that he's dead uh even though he was supposed to live forever so i don't know how he just died but he did it's very unfortunate there's this bright side to it because thackeray binks has now actually just come back to be a ghost and so he now he's just a human ghost that his soul has been able to be freed from the cat And so he now gets to rest in peace, if anything. And he is actually then reunited with his sister, Emily, who he all he ever wanted was to be reunited with her um, and all of that, which is really, really cute. And they like and, you know, um, Emily is like Thackeray, Thackeray Banks. And they like all kind of walk, you know, um, so then Emily and Thackeray, they're walking, you know, through to the graveyard or in it or wherever they're walking to and emily's of course like what took you so long and thackeray's just like well i had to wait 300 years for a virgin to light a candle so that was kind of funny and so this pretty much is like the end of the movie so you have our our heroes all together and they have this like nice music and you know you have like max hugging danny as well it's really nice and then you have the end and then you get your end credits so the end credits are pretty much where you have uh the party has finally ended and the parents are now finally gonna head home to find that their house has been like kind of destroyed so there's that and then we also get uh the last bit as well where we go back to the sanderson sisters house and we see that the bullies are still alive and they're just in their little like cages and they're just like singing row 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 your boat or something like that it's like really funny and we get uh you know, the last part of the movie is where the book's there, the book's eyes open. We actually get our like end credit sequence and all of that. And then that's the end of Hocus Pocus. So as I've stated before, you know, I think this movie is such a Halloween classic, definitely a cult classic film, you know, it didn't do very well when it came out, it did fine, like, monetarily, I guess, you know, it was it was a bomb when it came out. And just through repeated viewings and people watching it every time on Halloween and just having that kind of audience with it. 
you know, this has really been a movie where it's now been reclaimed as this classic movie, which is great. Uh, and that's exactly how these cult classic movies come to be is like, whether they did good or not, and they came out, I think it's the repeated viewing, it's the being able to quote it. It's the, you know, the legacy that it sometimes has on our just on our society or on our zeitgeist as a, as a whole, I think is also a, a big part of, of cult cinema as well. So with this movie, pretty much the only way that I know you could probably stream it is on Disney Plus because it is owned by Disney. So that's the one way you can watch it. You could also probably rent it if you wanted to in case you don't have Disney Plus or anything like that. Uh, and then also you could definitely watch this on ABC Family or Freeform Now, it's called, uh, or on like Disney Channel or something like that if you have access to that. You can definitely watch it on there, probably during the month of October, which we're already in right now anyway. I definitely would say, you know, it's a fun little movie that I think kids of a certain age can enjoy. I think parents can enjoy it as well. There's little things here and there where, you know, some people want to be like you know well why are they so worried about virginity in the uh, Disney movie and you know all this kind of stuff and all and the way I kind of look at it is that if you are trying to look at Hocus Pocus through like any sort of critical lens whatsoever I mean you're just going to end up knocking your head against the wall because honestly it's not really a movie to take in a critical sense I think a lot of it is just that it is kind of this like yeah it's it's a movie not to be taken too seriously but yeah I definitely would recommend it if you've never seen it uh or if you want to like starter horror movie if anything and maybe you're not into horror a ton I definitely think this is a safe bet for pretty much anybody and definitely think you should watch it and uh and kind of you know get lost in the magic also you now have the uh you have the Hocus Pocus 2 to look forward to as well. Uh, I don't really know anything about that right now, and uh, I'll watch it when it comes out, but I'm, you know, I'll, I'll see what it is. But, uh, but yeah, I would definitely give this a watch and would highly recommend it. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can do so by emailing cultcinemacircle at gmail.com. If you'd like to give any movie recommendations, you would like to give feedback on the show, or just say, hey girl, hey, I'm into all of it. You can also follow Cult Cinema Circle on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Instagram handle is Cult Cinema Circle and Twitter handle is Cult Cinecircle. On those platforms, I tend to post when an episode goes live. I'll post what my next episode will be. I make Instagram stories and things like that. So follow me on there. And on Letterboxd, you can find me at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, all one word. On there, I tend to log the movies that I watch and then write little reviews on them and just general foolishness over there. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts at. I'm on all of them, pretty much. And also, you can find the show on YouTube as well, so you can listen to it there as well. Be sure to leave five stars and a one to two sentence review so that other people are able to find the show and we can just spread all the love around. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember... Take good care of Danny, Max. You'll never know how precious she is until you lose her. Thanks. Bye.